We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kennedy, and I will be not solo tonight. I'm just kind of kind of warm things up. I'm the opening act tonight while Zach Kelberman is on his way, and then it'll be the two of us here. We wanted to get started. We know you're here. We know you're waiting. We wanted to get going. So. I'm going to kind of set the tone of the show, and then Zach will join us, and we'll get it going live tonight. Um, We go live every night because we like having the conversation, so we'll say hello to some folks as they've come in here nice and early uh, because the the chat has been going for a while already, including uh, Wolfie. Woody, good to see you. Wolfie Malott, he says, well, I hope it's not him. We need a new, fresh quarterback to go after the draft and find our guy, not what used to be someone's guy. So to set the tone of the show, Russell Wilson was on the I Am Athlete podcast, and it was released today. It was the first time I saw it, almost 4 o'clock Eastern time. And um, he was talking about, and it was the first time we've really heard from Russ since uh, the week after he was benched and said, yeah, I was benched. That is the uh, the topic of the show. You know, he says, I want to win too. I love the city. But, you know, and the key there is this, you know, I want to. I hope it's in Denver. Uh, I'll get... Um, I'll get Zach's take when he gets here, but uh, you know my my initial thoughts on that are just, hey, that's good PR. No one wants to be the bad guy here. This is a divorce. This is happening. We saw it kind of ugly. The NFLPA was involved. Then all of a sudden, there's talk that yeah, we'd love to have Russ back. Then there's some talk, yeah, I'd love to be in Denver. Yeah, they're going their separate ways. That's my thoughts on this, and this is just trying to. I don't want to be the bad guy. They don't want to be the bad guy. This isn't working. Let's call the whole thing off. So that's my thoughts on it. Um, we went last week, we went through the cap ramifications of making this move. Now, you know, again, I've seen the I've seen the talk of if Russell Wilson cared about winning, he would restructure his contract and free up some more money. And for me, I don't think that's that's part of it. But you do that when either you're about to be cut, and that's the only way you're going to get to have a job, and your your market isn't the same, and you don't have any more guaranteed money, um, or 
you're going to defer the money and you know you're the starter and you want to help build the team because you want to help the team win with you as a part of that. Russell Wilson's not part of the Denver Broncos' future plans, and there's no reason for him to restructure his contract to stick around when he's not going to be around. So I think that's what it what it comes down to. But I'll get uh, I'll get Zach's take on things when he gets here uh, momentarily. I want to say hello to some more folks here. Um, David Youngkin's in nice and early. He says I think when Hackett was coach and Russ got sacked a lot, it messed with his it messed with his head. Um, maybe I, I think he's always been pretty quick to, to tuck and run though, and, and try and make plays with his legs. I'm not sure how much difference that, that makes. Um, let me see. And, um, and Lawrence says, you know, what's up guys. I love B Marshall for that interview. It needed to be done. Sean's a hater and jealous. That's a, that's a take Lawrence. That's, that's definitely a take. <laughs> Kevin says evening, Zach and Scott. Uh, and Chad, big mile high salute to Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Kevin, it is good to see you. Um, and uh, I'm not going to get into the jealousy conversation, Lawrence. It's uh, you've, you've got some takes, that's for sure. Um, and PK23, he says uh, he hopes it's in Denver. Uh, LOL. Yeah, Russ, I hope you retire and live in Denver because you're a great human. Just don't play for us. And PK23, I think that's that's kind of what it is. It, it's, yeah, I've got a house here. I don't want to move. I don't want to pull up my kids and do all this stuff. It'd be great to be in Denver. But, you know, the key, one of the key phrases he said in there is, it's, it's got to be a place that wants you too. Ding, ding, ding. That's the part you have to really hear. It's, it's, I, I'd love it for V in Denver, but they don't want me. You know, I, I and frankly, he's, he's, he's right. Again, I don't think Denver has done anything necessarily wrong here. Um, they have every right to ask him to restructure his contract and give up his guarantees, his injury guarantee. He can say no. Um, they can bench. And again, I still don't understand, you know, guys get benched for that type of stuff all the time. It happened to Derek Carr. They just didn't threaten him with it. They just did it. It happened to Matt Ryan last year. They shouldn't threaten with it. They just did it. Frankly, I'd, I'd rather someone threaten me than actually follow through on the actions. Like I'm about to hit you is not as bad as someone coming up and hitting me. So words matter, I guess. Um, let me see here. MBLX test prep. Mr. Unlimited will play in Denver in 2024. The new Mr. Unlimited is Drake May. Uh, Drake May coming to Denver is going to be tough. It really is. Um, there was an article about trying to trade up to the uh, up to the um, number one overall spot if the Bears decided to keep Justin Fields and come out of that spot. And that's if. They decided they already have a quarterback. New England Patriots, they might be able to get one in free agency. Washington might get one in free agency. Then they're open for business, maybe. Um, but I think it's going to be hard to talk them into thinking, yeah, we're going to go with a free agent quarterback and pass on our quarterback of the future because we're a player away here. We just, we, 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 we're a Kirk Cousins away from competing. That I don't see that happening for either team. So we'll see. But, um, you know, for uh, let's say the number eight, that was as far as low as they went on NFL, NFL.com. That was as low as they went was number eight, which was the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons sent them number eight to get to number one. Number one and number two aren't that far off this year for, for quarterbacks. They sent them number eight. They sent them the 2025 number one. Uh, they sent them Bajan Robinson. They sent them a 2024 second rounder and a 2026 third rounder for the number one overall pick. 
Goodness. So you're talking two number ones, Pat Sertan, and another number two probably to get into the top two coming out of the 12 spot. Whew. That's tough. That's going to that's, that's gonna be what it's going to take to get it to, to one and two if, if those picks are even available. Got some stars coming in. Sam Bam, good to see you. One of those Bs in BBM for Sam Bam is Braves. Um, or it should be anyway. It's Broncos Bama Mavs, isn't it? It's a Bronco Braves. It's Braves. It's not Bama. It's Braves. It's Bronco Braves. Because last time you did that, I was like, how could I forget that? Braves. He says, hey, Scott, hope you're doing well. Go Broncos and go Braves. Sam Bam, appreciate you breaking the ice here with the super chat, coming in and uh, and supporting the show, helping to keep us going while uh, while I'm carrying it here. Want to? Uh, I'm going to scroll down a little bit to once we went live and uh, start talking to some of the, uh, the some of the other folks that have come in. Bucks, Rays, and Bolts. Good to see you, my man. He's a Tampa Bay fan uh, across the board, so it's good to see you. Um, says the audio is off. Has it been off this whole time? Um, hopefully. <laughs> says the audio is off. Uh, hopefully I haven't been just talking for 10 minutes. That happened to me one time. I think it might be the, uh, the stream I think has been coming in and out just a little bit. My, my internet is, is a little dicey, you know, or at least my connection to StreamYard. My internet is, you know, gigabit. So, um, let me see here. And Gabe, here's a question. Like you said, is it just me or does it seem kind of hypocritical of Russ to say he'd love to say, but he won't take a pay cut? Gabe, um, the the there was no talk of the pay cut. This didn't start because of the pay cut. This became this came because of the the injury guarantee that vests in uh in March 17th, I think is the day that his uh 37 million dollar 2025 salary guarantees. Uh, due to injury, due to anything on March 17th. Uh, it also guaranteed if he was injured in the last two games. Um, in, in, if he was injured last season, it vested automatically. So again, when they're coming and asking you to do that, you don't see that you have a future with this team. This wasn't a, again, Gabe, this wasn't a, hey, it's free agency season. Uh, it, it's it's we're, we're May 5th. We got a chance to go bring in Michael Pittman, uh, another wide receiver for you. Uh, but I need you to restructure this deal so that you can we can move some money towards the back end of this thing and lower your cap hit. That's different. That's different than what's happened here. That happens a lot. And um, it, it happens virtually with every quarterback at one point in their career where they their new contract lowers their cap hit. In fact, it happened when Russell Wilson got to Denver. His cap has been low the last two years. It's actually low, relatively low in year three. In 2025, year four of when he would be with the Broncos, it actually balloons to $55 million. So I don't think it's I don't think that's hypocritical of him at all. I again, it has to be if if you listen to that interview on I Am Athlete, what he says is they have to want you to. And I don't think there's we we want you. We just we need to help surround yourself. So can we restructure and move some money down the road? That wasn't the conversation. The conversation's basically been we we you got to take a pay cut to stay, and basically we don't like you anyway. So I just don't see I, I don't see it too bad. Um, uh, let me see here. Um, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coming down the line here just a little bit. Yeah, that's what I thought, Sam Bam. He says Braves, Broncos, Mavericks. Um, let me see. Uh, Desert Creature said the Broncos uh, signed Russ's contract. Yes, yeah, it's, it's on both sides of things. Um, Tim Durr says, uh, hear you loud and clear now for the video clip, Scott. Oh, I can hear you. The audio is off on the top of the pod. It's fine. Um, <laughs> says what? You don't like the Mets? No. Not really. And it, so it didn't play, unfortunately. Um, that sucks. Uh, hopefully it did get to play. Um, if it didn't, uh, I apologize if you didn't get to hear it. But basically he said, uh, Russell Wilson said, you know, I'd like it to be in Denver, but they've, they've got to want you to. Uh, we'll get Zach's take when he comes in here. I've got a couple other things lined up that we can talk about. Um, Kathy, I'm with you 100%. Kathy Schmidt, over in Europe late. Over across the pond, she says, Evening, Scott, I just hope this Wilson talk ends soon. Ends soon. I'm already sick of it. Never was a fan of the trade anyway. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty good trade for both sides. You know, you look at where the team was. Um, there was a lot of talk on this podcast that the Broncos fleeced the the Seattle uh, Seahawks for, for that deal, for getting a franchise quarterback, a nine-time Pro Bowler, and it basically cost them uh, two first-rounders and some spare change. I disagreed. I thought it was, uh, if you got a top-ten quarterback out of it, I still think it was a good return for Seattle. The deal's looking really one-sided at this point, and the the contract was even worse. <laughs> the contract was even worse. Phil McLaughlin saying, uh, coming in with some stars over on Facebook, he says, good evening, Deacon Scott, and soon to be Zach. Do you think Peyton on Tuesday will tell us anything or just another coach speak nothing, LOL? Um, Peyton actually tends to say some things. He talks in circles. It takes him a while to get there. He'll talk for, you know, you look at the transcripts, and he's got 500, you know, 1,000-word paragraph three minutes at a time. And there's Zach. Zach Helberman, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. I appreciate you holding it down, and I'm excited to talk about another Russell Wilson topic tonight. Yeah, this one actually mattered. I was trying to get away. I was like, all right, what can we talk about today? Let me look at some stuff. I'm like, well, Russell Wilson saying I would, I, I'd like it to be in Denver. That's actually news. This isn't just speculation. Um, Phil, we'll come back to you on this, I promise. Um, but what you, you, you read the, you heard the, the soundbite, um, you know, I, I've, I've got the fire in my belly. I feel as good as I ever have. I'd like it to be in Denver. Um, this is what I, where I committed to, where I came to, but, um, they've got to want, it's gotta be someplace that wants you to, 
you know, so what were your, what was your, your gut reaction to his comments on, on that, on the I am athlete podcast? Well, the fact that he used the word there when it comes to his intention, he said, I want to stay there. I want to remain there. And it's not there. It's here. It's, it's a small thing, Scott, but it's something I did notice. And I think this was timed uh, really well by Russell Wilson's camp for this to come out now, because we heard movement is going to happen probably at the NFL combine, which is this coming week. Once again, Russell Wilson saying all the right things, doing all the right things. He's a consummate pro, but Actions speak louder, and I think he even knows of all the writing on the wall, Scott, of how this is going to turn out. And unless he eats money and kind of backs up his words, uh, he's going to end up on the open market. Do you think he'd be welcome back in Denver if he did a restructure and kick some money down the road and lowered the salary cap? Or do you think part of the problem is that Sean Payton doesn't really want him and knows that a veteran quarterback with nine Pro Bowls is going to be expensive no matter what, and he'd rather get cheaper at the position and start over with someone not Russ. Well, it's the chicken or the egg, Scott. Did they bench Russell Wilson because of his contract or did they bench Russell Wilson because as a football player, he wasn't meshing uh, correctly in the Sean Payton system. So my question to you, non-rhetorically, would they have benched Russ if he made 20 million a year last year? Is it a, a schematic thing or is it a contractual thing? No, he was absolutely benched because of the contract that was going to vest, but I still think that is because Sean Payton didn't want him. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he was benched because of the contract because he, he they they didn't want him, and I think Sean Payton does not want Russell Wilson, uh, especially at that cost, and wants to restart the contract as soon as possible, which would basically cut in half I'm rounding here, so it's it's close, but from 55 million down to 32 million in 2025, and you get about 23 million dollars of savings in 2025 if you move on from him. If you if you get rid of him this offseason, and that could not have happened if he was hurt in the final two games of the year. I you know, I look at it though again schematically, if if it's in Sean Payton's system, I don't think the contract it wasn't be solely because of what he was being paid that Sean Payton deemed Scott. It wasn't the sole reason. It was an easy scapegoat was the fact that he wasn't living up to it. But just in that system with what Sean Payton expects from his quarterback, Russell Wilson wasn't it. Russell Wilson, Scott, deserves to be with your old pal Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh with a <laughs> solid running game, a decent set of receivers, and a rock-solid defense in back of him where he can play that game manager role. In Denver, none of that's truly in place, so he was a fish out of water. I think the contract thing is a lazy out for people who don't realize that Russ and Sean just on a football basis were not working out. Yeah, let me clarify. He was benched because of the contract. Because Sean <laughs> How do I say it? So that's right. He was benched oh. because if it wasn't because of the injury guarantee, he would have played out the rest of the season. And yeah. then Russ and then Sean Payton would have gone about trying to get a new quarterback. Agreed. So it, it doesn't, he was benched because of the contract. Sean Payton doesn't want him though. You know, so again, it, this, it wouldn't have happened at the end of the year because he's better than Jarrett Stidham. At least it looks like, you know, I, I think he's better than Jarrett Stidham. Um, and that's why he was the starter, but he was benched. So his 2025 salary didn't go because Sean didn't want him for 2025. 
So that's uh, that's my thoughts on it, Zach. I want to hit. Uh, I want to go. I want to get back to uh, back to Phil though. Yeah. Um, with uh, with the combine come up, we're gonna have some media availability again. And do you think Sean Payton on Tuesday at the, at the NFL Combine will tell us anything, or just another coach talk? Nothing. I think he'll talk about some things, um, but I don't think he's not gonna give anything away. Yeah. He's not gonna say, um, you know, we're 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 taking. About anything that you want to hear, you might not hear, oh, yeah, we're looking aggressively to trade up in the draft. We're moving on from Russell Wilson today. Uh, we really like this guy. We're trying to trade Jerry Judy. We're, we've got Cortland Sutton on the market. You're not going to hear any of that, but you might pick up some other tidbits about we like Alex Forsyth a lot. Some things <laughs> that you might some You might get some hints about some some where he's going without actually saying it, what he's thinking without, but he's not going to come out and say it. That's for sure. No, hundred percent agreed. This is a gun again, a coach that treats the media like they're North Korea, you know, just completely on lockdown and uh, doesn't take too kindly to what they're doing, even though it's their job. He he will, you know, you'll be able to catch the gist of what he's saying in, in, in terms of some questions, but the bigger questions, like you were talking about, Scott quarterback trading up, he's not going to give anything away. And partly because I don't think he even knows what he wants to do yet. I don't think the plans are a hundred percent finalized. So he's still going through that. Well, and then, you know, like we said on uh, one of my favorite quotes from there's lots of good ones from uh, Dark Knight Rises. But one of them was, you know, when Selena Kyle's going in and she's wanting to get paid for whatever she stole. And, you know, I want this. I want the the clean slate. And he goes once doesn't get. So and, and you you've got your priorities of what you want. That doesn't mean you can get it. So you've got a force rank. All of the 150 different options you could have at 12 and what it would take. And then as someone comes off the board, scratch that name. So that's the hard part. All the different things I think we can do, you've got to put them in order. Because what you want at number one may not matter because you're not picking number one overall. Yeah, I think you said it best. He'll give things away like, you know, we like Alex Forsyth or we like a younger player because that's not – he's not worried about that. But he's not going to come out, Phil, and say we are we moved on from Russ or we don't like Russ, we do like Russ, yada. We like this guy, we like that guy, quarterback. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. He's playing his cards very close to his vest, and that's always how it's going to be. Um, Very good question here from Dennis Woods. He says, so Russell Wilson's contract guarantees kick in March 17th, but there seems to be some talk about a June, a post June one cut. How does this work? It's basically just accounting. Um, You know, like I can put money into a 401k right now and back designate it because I'm allowed to back to 2023 until April 1st. You're allowed to do that. I'm allowed to say, I am making this cut. He is now a free agent, but I'm not designating the money until post June 1. That's basically how it matters. And this will be the best option for them, a post June 1 cut and working the working. There's, there's a base salary and then there's a, like a roster bonus in there that adds up to $39 million guaranteed for 2024. He gets that money no matter what. He's getting $39 million, and then you're clear of the money you have to pay Russell Wilson. You don't have to pay him another dime after that. The cap hit, the dead cap hit for the money you've already paid him, is that's what you're that's what the dead cap hit is. 
you can finagle that where it's about $59 million. Was it 50? It was 59 and 32, but that adds up to like 89. So it was maybe 57 and 32. You can front load that to $57 million dead cap hit in 2024. And then you would have a $32 million dead cap hit in 2025. But his original cap hit was $55 million. So you actually save $23 million in available money in 2025 by moving on from Russell Wilson with that post-June 1 designation. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. It's mostly like a, a, a gymnastics kind of thing you can do for, for contracts and, and the roster post-June versus pre-June. But the way Scott laid it out, you save a little money by getting on top of it by using that designation. But regardless, they're going to have to eat a sizable amount of dead cap post or pre-June 1st with Russell Wilson. It'll be a record. Um, the the largest the largest dead cap hit I think is Matt Ryan, and it's about forty three million dollars. This will double it. This uh, this will double it. Um, it's a big one. And Jeffrey says, could we eat the whole eighty five million dollars now with the cap increase, or is fifty possible? So uh, I think Eric put it best when it wasn't necessarily a thirty million dollar cap raise because there was already an estimated cap raise built into all the financials. So let's say you were $27 million in the hole and you were, you were over. And it was estimated that there was going to be a $15 million cap raise. I think the estimated range was $17 million. So all of the cap numbers that you've seen to this point already baked in a $17 million cap raise. It went up 30. So you got $13 million based on your estimate, which is good. It's, it's, it's very good. It would be, I think it would be possible to eat the whole thing, but it'd be awfully tough. It'd be <laughs> awfully tough. Um, I, I think it would be a tough sell in Dove Valley to say, we're just going to take $85 million dead cap it yeah. this year and go out there with half a team. I think, I think it would be a tough sell. You just hit on the point I was going to make, Scott. Not only do the Broncos have to navigate the Russell Wilson contract and the dead money, they got to field a team in 2024. And they're not going to be active in the in the first wave with the marquee free agents, but they're going to have to pick up some B tier, some C tier, and you're going to have to have to have money to do that. And right now, they literally are 24 over the cap, not under the cap. So it'll help with that, Scott, giving the Broncos a little more breathing room when it comes to adding talent, acquiring talent, yada, yada. But with Russell Wilson, 85 million is 85 million. And I think they've resigned themselves to swallowing a chunk of that or all of it now. And I don't think the cap being raised that much sways them one way or the other. Yeah, it, it, it helps for sure. I mean, it's basically like, okay, you just traded Jerry Judy. That's that's what it was. We, we were talked about Jerry Judy had a $13 million guaranteed salary. And we've talked about what would you take for Jerry Judy and the full boat $13 million. Third rounder, that'd be a pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. Third rounder and $13 million. Well, now you just got the $13 million for Jerry Judy. You know, you could keep Jerry Judy if you wanted to, if that, if that ended up be, or again, it certainly is better than not getting $13 million. That's yeah. for sure. But it's not the silver bullet that uh, that's going to save you from cap hell. There's going to be one season of cap hell. Uh, and, and it should be this year. It should be 2024, Zach. Yeah, it should. And we have draft time, $5 super hopping in. Thank you so much, draft time. Uh, 
Denton, Sean Payton, didn't Sean Payton tell uh, Murray, tell him and his backfield partner should be aware of what they asked for Christmas? I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Leading <laughs> um, on you right now. Yeah, draft time. That one. <laughs> I mean, is there a is there a Bill Murray joke in here for uh, Scrooge or Christmas Vacation? So Claire I don't know. Um, I don't know draft time. I don't. I don't know what that one means. So um, help us out on that one. Sam Bam already came with a ten dollars super chat, and he's coming back in with a five to say, "Hey Zach." Hey Sam, you thank you so much, sir. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well tonight. So uh, over on Facebook, um, Joey LaGuardia. Let me see if I can find this one. Um, Joey says, "Let's break the cap rules and let the owners pay the fines." Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can do that. There's no luxury tax. It's a, it's a hard cap. I think you'd probably forfeit. Well, who cares? Forfeit wins. What are what would happen? I mean, you probably the, the NFL would probably come in and void contracts. You know, I think that they probably have to ratify every deal and every contract that comes through and they would just say, no, that's uh, you can't do that. So you you can't have this player. He's ineligible. Um, all those type of things. So which would kind of defeat the purpose of breaking the salary cap if I couldn't use the player that I was breaking the salary cap for. Plus the the crap storm from a PR standpoint of the Broncos being known as the team Scott that just you know going WWE on the NFL and breaking all the rules. They do have Walmart money, but they have to be smart with that Walmart money too. Yeah, it's it, what what it helps to do is when you're doing restructures or you're signing free agents. Um, you know, you spent a lot of money on Mike McGlinchey. So Mike McGlinchey, you spent. Um, you know, his, his deal, it says a five-year, $87 million contract. Um, but it was really, it was 52 guaranteed. So it was a $52 million contract, basically three years, $52 million. But in 2023, his cap hit for that big contract for three years, $52 million was $6 million. That's it because you gave him a $17.5 million signing bonus. So his cap hit was only six. You had a nice low cap hit last year. Um, ben Powers. Let me see if I can find him. Ben Powers had assigned a big contract as well. He had a four-year, $51 deal, including 28 guaranteed. So he basically got a two-year, $14 million per year contract uh, because of the guaranteed money, but it was listed four years and 51. Um, so at two years and... $29 million. His cap hit last year was $5.25 million because of the big signing bonus you gave him. Now, you can do that when you've got cash. Um, the key to that, though, is you know, is making sure you don't miss on guys because you're kind of stuck with them once you once you kick the money down the road like that. It's uh it's like being underwater on a on a house or being underwater on a car. I can't sell this car. I I could sell it for 15, but I owe 20 on it. You know, you can't, you can't sell that car. So it's, uh, you need to get them right. And the, the, the owners and, and the cash can also help with hiring coaches that doesn't apply to the salary cap. And the Broncos Scott showed that by hiring Sean Payton and bringing him in to the tune of $18 million per year. It's a lot of cheddar. Phil McLaughlin said, is there any news about any top draft prospect not going to the combine? Um, I haven't heard any yet, but I haven't really honestly uh, been looking for it either. 
same. Okay, so apologies. So we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see how how guys feel. You know, a couple of the guys I'm interested in is Tamandre Sweat, uh, the big big nose guard from Texas. Didn't step on a scale at the Senior Bowl. I'm. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Zach. I've seen guys say, you know, I'm not going to run. I'm going to wait for my pro day or I've been a little injured. He didn't step on the scale because he's probably coming in close to four bills um, and didn't want boy. to, uh, didn't want to, to step on us. So I'll be interested to see what he eventually measures out. He's had another month to, uh, to, to look svelte going in there. I'd love for the Broncos to land sweat. I don't see it happening. It's not very likely, but boy, would he solve a lot of woes in that front seven, Scott. Yeah, he could, um, he could go, he could go third round. Mm. Um, I mean, I he's, he a, he's a, he's a two down guy, a nose guard guy. You know, let me see if I've got, um, while we're sitting here doing this, I've got some video of him football it takes a second for that drive to spin up i keep all my my stuff on an external and it goes to sleep but tamandre sweat i think he probably goes mid second and unfortunately you don't have a second rounder this year um and that it's it's kind it hurts there's a lot of guys you really like in that area and you're like i don't know um but tamandre sweat i mean <laughs> we're watching this on video i mean if if he if he gets to dictate what he's doing he's he's a man child he's an absolute man child the bull rush on him and his ability to anchor is phenomenal mm-hmm. um you know quick so this is a guy you're watching here you're watching him here in this was when he didn't want to weigh now picture him you know dropping a couple pounds and how quick the feed is. He's probably 365 here, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, he'd, uh, he's going to be fun to watch wherever he ends up for sure. Um, I, I think he, he'll probably go, I think, probably around, oh, I'll say 10 into the second, 42 to 50, I think, is where he ends up. So, hey, if the Broncos trade back from 12 and pick up a second, Sweat could be an option in the, in the second round. That's my not, like you said, not having that second really hurts this year. Yeah, I agree. I think that that makes it, if you do come down some, pick up a couple of seconds, like, oh, we could come down from 12, move down to 28 and get two day two, day two picks. Yeah. All right, that sounds pretty good. I can get Bo Nix and Tavondre Sweat for tw- at 12. <laughs> that sounds pretty good mm-hmm. to me, man. Yeah. Yeah, and Williams says, holy crap, he can collapse a pocket. Yes, he can. Um, I want to the, I want to let you know, though, when those are defensive drills, there's no threat of double teams. There's no threat of the, the run game. There's It's always third and 12, one-on-one when you're doing these drills. When they went to 11 v. 11, and it was you know a standard first and 10 or second and eight, he wasn't, he wasn't that effective. I mean, he looked like, okay, a top five pick during the 1v1s. Um, when it was, okay, I have to, I have a job to do and I have to react, plug a gap. I have to get in and pass rush or plug a gap. Oh, it is a pass and take off. Then he wasn't that good. He's still good. Don't get me wrong. But um, I, I think he'll probably be a, a mid second round guy. 
I don't know, though. I mean, I've been covering this team for eight years, and I can't remember, Scott, the last time they got interior pressure like what Sweat was providing, collapsing the pocket and making life easier for the edges. And Tim Durr, I'm not going to highlight it, but Tim Durr says, haven't had a game record like that since Malik Jackson, and that's my point. We know quarterback is a major issue, but the the front seven, not just edges and not just inside linebackers, but defensive tackles, defensive ends, those are imperative holes the Broncos have to fill. Dennis says Cooper DeGene, the defensive back out of Iowa, announced he's not going to the combine. That doesn't surprise me. Um, gives him another month for his pro day before the draft. You know, the draft's not till the end of April. He can have another six weeks of training before he would run and and work out for anybody before the actual draft. So coming off that injury, I think it, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, let me see here wanted to get into some of these things. Um, there are a couple things I highlighted for you, Zach, that I, I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I kind of I labeled this as what are they saying? It was NFL.com's running through a, a, a series of all 32 teams at position X. So uh, the two that I saw so far they've done the last few days is running backs and wide receivers. What do you think they said? How do you feel the wider the running back position is for the Denver Broncos heading into 2024? I'm sorry. How do you feel the 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 running back position is for the Denver Broncos? And then I'll respond with how they thought it was, but how do you think it is going into 2024? I don't think it's as dire as a lot of other people do. Javante did not look like Javante Scott because he's only less than a year removed from that major knee injury. Two years removed or a year and a half, whatever, he'll be a lot better. Samaj is a cheap backup to have. You have Julio to provide a little uh, explosion. I would like to see another player, preferably a, um explosive player, added to that backfield, but it's not something I'm putting in my top five in terms of draft needs. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what uh, what they said. And if we if we rewind back twelve months to what we were saying about Javante Williams, it was basically the the combine. I think was the first time that that Peyton and Peyton said something about Javante, and it was positive. They're like, "Yeah, he's progressing really well." We'll think. I think they even came out and said, "We think he can be ready for camp." We were shocked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shocked. And then we went all the way through until August, basically saying. We'll believe it when we see it. So Javante not being as good as he was as a rookie last year or, you know, is not only understandable, it's shocking. It's still shocking that he was even out there. So um, they're pretty much in the same line as, as you are. This was the NFL.com. The backfield feels set. Williams remains a tackle breaker who should be a better, better removed from his 22 injury after an up and down 2023. Often it's the second year after a significant injury that we see running backs return to form. It says P. Ryan's a good balance guy. Uh, McLaughlin's uh, an explosive play guy. It doesn't feel like this is a place where they need to add. Right. Pretty yeah. set. Pretty set going in at the running back position. Hey, that's that's nice. <laughs> we'll take it. That's nice. Um, we got uh, Michael Davis coming in with the with the super chat over on YouTube. Thank you, Michael. Says, Aloha, gents. Scott, impart your scouting prowess with us on Darius Robinson defensive end. Where do you see him getting picked? Can we get Sweat and Darius Robinson and a quarterback? Yes, you can. You can. 
Um, I think Darius Robinson's going to sneak into the, oh, 20s. I think 20s. This is a guy that ends up with the Baltimore Ravens or Kansas City Chiefs or or Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The teams that I love the way they draft, and they always get good football player. Jackson Powers Johnson. I watch and say, that's my favorite player out there. I don't give a damn what position he's playing. Always ends up on one of these playoff teams at the back end of the first. Because they're not worried about, oh, well, his arms are a little short. Or he was a half a gram overweight or, you know, his fingernails weren't trimmed right. We gonna we can't take him in the 10th or at number 10. We got to, he's going to fall. George Karloftis, you know, mm-hmm. he slips down. That is an Uber playmaker who didn't quite have all of the physical tools. So you got Adafa Owe the year before who didn't quite make all the plays, but is an uber athlete i said without hyperbole when he was going into the nfl the minute he put on a helmet he was going to be the most one of the most athletic guys out there in a sport that has maybe the best athletes in the world and he goes out there and he has what six seven sacks right away baltimore ravens um can you get sweat uh robinson in a quarterback yes i think you could trade down like we talked about and you could probably get robinson at the back end I don't think you get Robinson and a quarterback in the first. I think you would have to look at a Spencer Rattler type um, in the second, like get, get Robinson in the first um, sweat in the second and a quarterback in the second or third. If you were going to get all three of those players, possibly. Yes. Um, Probable. Probably not. Um, This is Darius Robinson on here. He's six foot. Five, 286 pounds. That's Tyler Guyton at right tackle that he does a nice push-pull move on and says, I'm just going to go to right around. You see how light on his feet he is? It dude's mm-hmm. 290 pounds coming off the left end. Okay, well, let's come off the right end with a swim move to the inside. I'll line up over guard now and make him look like an idiot. That was the right guard. Then he lines up at the right side on the interior and goes against the left guard. A little push, a little spin. Nice Nice athleticism. Can he hold up an edge? Yeah, he can do that too. Um, unless he goes and runs a five flat, and even that might not be too slow. If he's anywhere four eight or under, he should go in the first round. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Scott. Um, if the Broncos, if they went this route, traded down, they'd be choosing quantity over quality. And why I say that is because you'd be sacrificing the quality of the quarterback you'd be getting, Michael. You wouldn't be able to have all of your cake and eat it, too. You can get two great prospects in Sweat and Robinson, but you'd be sacrificing, like Scott was talking about, at quarterback. You maybe couldn't get a Bo Nix that you maybe have to settle for a Rattler or a Pratt or a Joe Milton or you know insert player name here. Um, if they go that route, I wouldn't hate it. But as always, I prefer they prioritize quarterback if they can in round one. Yeah, it just it just depends on what's the board look like when your pick is up and how close is quarterback to the top of your board. Yep. So if I've got if I'm picking it, if I'm picking at 12 and I've got my top 30 guys and there's not a quarterback on it. Don't reach just just try and go down. You know, see, we're, we're open for business. We're on the phone or, you know, I get my, I get my corner there to, to, to book in the back. I get my edge. I get Byron Murphy. I solidify the interior line. I get my Garrett Bowles replacement. That's when we kind of always forget about until we start talking about this. We're like, oh yeah, Garrett Bowles could be on the way out. And then you got to have an offensive tackle. Yeah. So 
Lots of good things. Um, lots of good opportunities at 12. Unfortunately, quarterback's tough to get at 12. It, it is. It's it's tough to get at 12. And how? what appetite do you have, Broncos country, for a 2025 number one and 12 to move up and try and get J.J. McCarthy? I don't know. It's, it's, it seems kind of split to me, Scott. A lot of Broncos. I talked about this on, uh, I think it was Monday's show when I was solo. Half of Broncos country wants them to go all out for a quarterback. Half of Broncos country says, listen, I'm not sacrificing and mortgaging the future. Let's hold at 12 or trade back and address another area of need. Um, the only way I was thinking about it, they could have their cake and in this scenario and get a quarter. You, you take whoever at 12, let's say McCarthy, and then you trade Patrick Sertan for a bounty of picks and then use some of those for Sweat and Robinson and et cetera. But a lot of Broncos fans as well, but that, Scott, don't want to move Sertan. So it's really contentious. Yeah, once you once you get past the first three guys, and even that, there's going to be a little teeth gnashing, no matter who you pick. There's always that out there. But I think the vast majority of people are going to be happy with picks one, two, and three uh, at, at quarterback. Daniels, um, Caleb Williams, Drake May. After that, there's going to be some divisiveness. It doesn't matter who it is. After that, there's going to be a lot of divisiveness, whether it's Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. There's going to be a lot of teeth gnashing. It's just the way it's going to be. That's why I say, let's just keep it civil. You know, again, we know that these guys have red flags, but guys with red flags that have not gotten in the first top five have gone and have a lot of success in this league. So let's wait and see. I always say, Zach, don't tell me I'm wrong. At least until I am wrong. <laughs> don't, don't tell me you like this guy. Well, at, at 12. Yeah. The three guys I really liked were already gone. Yeah. Yeah. This is my best option. It's not my first option. It's not my second option. Not my third. This is my best option. Let's hope it works out. Let's hope it works out. Got a chance. Um, Bill McLaughlin says, what is Garrett Bowles worth? So on the, on the trade market, um, what do you huh. think Garrett Bowles is worth in, in a trade if and when the Denver Broncos uh, shop him, which I think they're probably doing next week? I'm going to be realistic. Everyone's going to say first-round pick solely because they want the Broncos to get a first-round pick. They're not going to get a first for Garrett Bowles. They're not going to probably get a second for Garrett Bowles. I would take, Scott, a third-round pick for Garrett Bowles. You'd be getting a top hundred selection and you'd be clearing his contract off of the books. I'd say third is realistic. Maybe, maybe, maybe a conditional second. If he goes to a team where he starts right away and the Broncos eat some of that money, maybe they can get a conditional second, but I think third is his uh, ballpark. I think again, as you just said with the conditional, I think it's, it is, it's conditional on how much of the contract you want to pay. Yeah. I think it's a fifth rounder. I think he's worth a fifth in the contract. <laughs> I think you can buy your way up all the way up to a third. So depending on how much that you want to, you want to spend, say, okay, we're going to send you Garrett Bowles and, and $10 million. We want a third round pick back. Uh, otherwise a guy who is 32 years old, he'll be 32 by the time the season starts in his 32 year old season. He's made one pro bowl. He's got a, let's see here. $16 million base salary. So it's $16 million that they would pick up. I, I think you're 
looking at a fifth and $16 million in salary cap space is, is what you're looking for. If I want a fourth rounder, I'll send you 5 million. If I want a third rounder, I'll send you 10. So that's what I think we'll see. I could be completely wrong on this. And frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't get what they want, they just end up cutting him. And, uh, and, and he's a salary cap casualty and you clear up $16 million in space and you don't get anything back. If he's making waves to get out, it's going to be harder to trade him. You might get zero and he is a cut candidate with 16, with a $16 million cap savings. That wouldn't totally surprise me either. If they do that though, or if they move him for a, a fifth or sixth round pick, whatever, they have to address that Scott early they might have to use the 12th overall pick or trade down and use their first round pick on a tackle. They would need a contingency plan if they move on from Garrett Bowles. Never been Garrett Bowles' biggest fan, never will be, but they don't have anyone else right now that could step in and take over and at least play at the level that he was providing. Yeah, fortunately, 12 isn't a great place for quarterback, you know, on paper. Again, you can get lucky anytime. You can you can hit at any given time. Um you know, if, if anybody thought Brock Purdy was going to be in the MVP conversation, he wouldn't have lasted till the end of the seventh. I promise you. Um, you know, part of it's the coaching, the system, and who you have around you. At 12, you can get a really, really good offensive tackle prospect in this draft. Yeah. That's the good news if you decide to move on, um, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Let's 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 run it back here. We we get rid of Bulls. We get his replacement. We run it back with Jarrett Stidham for one year. And then we readdress the situation when we're in a more advantageous position in 2025. when we got some money to go out and spend in the, in the free agent market. And I, I got an extra $25 million from Russ's salary. I can throw at somebody um, in, in the, in the free agent market. So much better that way. Dave comes in and says, what are the chances of the Chargers trading with two division rivals who want quarterbacks? So he's speaking of the Denver Broncos, obviously, and uh, the Las Vegas Raiders who are in the market for a quarterback. The, the Jimmy Garoppolo experiment appears to be over, Zach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would. Uh, if in the Broncos case, let's say if the Broncos are coming off desperate, you know, the Chargers would want more in that deal. They're not going to want to help out their division rivals. And they're going to gauge on how, um, again, desperate the Broncos are if they know they're coming up for a quarterback or trading down for a quarterback, whatever. Um, they're going to ask for more. I think it would be ultimately unlikely, but not unprecedented. I can't remember. Was it the Raiders the Broncos traded with or the Chiefs? They traded in the division or it was an example of it recently. So it's not exactly it wouldn't be a first time thing, though. It wouldn't be preferable if you're Denver, because, again, L.A. is going to ask for more on the basis of knowing that the Denver Broncos want to make that trade, Scott. Yeah, I you just want to see how badly they want to come out of the five spot. Um you know, where would they go? I don't know enough. I feel like their defense lets them down as much as anything. You know, where would they want to go? And there's not necessarily a defensive player on here. Um, Keenan Allen has to be getting old. So do they older? Do they do they want a, a pass catching threat? You know, we see Brock Bowers at five a lot, which I can make that argument. Um, I could just, you know, again, he's arguably the best player in this freaking draft. Uh, I can make that argument at five. You, you probably have the chance to get your choice at wide receiver. Um, who is it? A Dunze? Would he be the, the top guy off or the, the, the kid from LSU? Uh, was it neighbors? Would he be the, the, the first wide receiver taken? I'm getting my, my LSU wide receivers taken, but they might want to come down a little bit. It, it could be, it could be an option, but then again, 
would you want to get up to five for JJ McCarthy? You know, quarterback mm -hmm. four. Would you want to spend that much to get up to to five if the first three guys are are, are gone already? The only way you do that is for a quarterback. And again, if the Chargers, if a quarterback falls and the Chargers know the Broncos are coming up seven spots for a quarterback, they're going to ask for the moon and the stars as they should. And the Broncos are already going to be giving up a lot, Scott, to move up for a quarterback. I think it'd be a, a bridge too far for what the Chargers would ask for. Yeah, it is Malik Neighbors that I was thinking of. There's there's uh, a, several LSU guys in here. Um, Brian Thomas is also a first round pick. Uh, possibility for LSU as well. But, um, you know, the top guys, Malik Neighbors, uh, Roma Dunze, are, are premium prospects at wide receiver. Um, then you got Joe Alts at Notre Dame as a possibility. Dallas Turner could fall down to you at edge. Lots of uh, – there's there's going to be options to get a good player at 12 if you decide, hey, I'm going to stick here at 12 and, and take my best prospect available. You can get a premium prospect at a premium position – uh, if you stick at 12, it just might not, might not be quarterback. Um, speaking of wide receivers, you know, how would you feel where the wide receiver room is now and what it could possibly look like? This was the second of the, the series at the NFL.com. Kevin Patras at NFL.com did. He took a look at every team at 32 and he says, he said this about the Denver Broncos. I want to hear what you have to say first about the Denver Broncos going into the 2024 season with wide receivers that are currently under contract. It's so tough to project Scott, because we don't know who's going to be under contract for much longer. Um, all the signs to me are pointing to trading one of Judy or Sutton. I would trade Judy, get his contract off the books, get a bad attitude out of town and start over there. You have Marvin Mims who needs to develop. I mean, a lot of Broncos country Scott is getting complacent on Mims because he was a uh, all pro pro bowler, but he was that for special teams as a receiver. He left a lot to be desired though. I, I love what he can bring and what his ceiling is. Um, if they kept Cortland Sutton, that would be a boon, a sure handed boon for whatever quarterback. They just need some role players. It's not a, a position that I would address at 12, but it's a position that I would look maybe in the third or fourth round and start uh, getting serious about it. I think Cortland Sutton is criminally underrated. Is, uh, is is my opinion on this. He, what do you have? Three of the top 10 catches from NFL Network this year? I mean, one guy had three of them. That's Cortland Sutton. And this is a guy, oh, maybe we can get a third rounder for him. Man, he's 28 years old. And, you know, uh, he should be a first-round guy uh, if you wanted to move him. So I'm of the opinion that Tim Patrick is will be cut. Yeah. His, his, you'll get his, his money back. So when Tim, Tim Patrick, his dead cap is a little bit higher and it depends on if they want to spread it across two years or not, but he's almost $16 million on a $6 million cap hit. So you, a dead cap hit. So you're, you're saving $10 million when you move on from Tim Patrick, God bless him, but he hasn't played in the last two seasons. Um, I don't think he's made it past like the first week of camp. The first, the last two seasons, unfortunately. Um, and then you're shopping Jerry, Judy, and Sutton. I'd rather see uh, Judy moved on. Sutton's got another four or five good years left on him, and he's your best wide receiver. So restructure him, extend him, sorry, give him an extension. You could knock his cap hit down to $5 million or so uh, in 2024 and, and knock his, his cap hit is 17-2, so I could save another $10 million easy there. 
And that would be what I would like to see happen. And then get a return. Maybe I can get another day two pick for Jerry Judy and, and a bunch of money off the salary cap. Um, Kevin Patra basically said those things. Uh, he says, uh, Denver is skewed breaking up the wider room last year. It would be a surprise if the capstrap Broncos continue to plow forward with the same crew and talked about the same things we talked about. And he kind of calls a shot here. He says, it's time for Sean Payton to put his stamp on this group moving forward. So Denver's wide receivers have looked great on paper, but haven't produced at that level for years. It's time for Sean Payton to put a stamp on that group moving forward. And we, we, we see the past couple of years, Zach, it feels like we've talked about all these weapons. Yeah. And it just it hasn't come to fruition. I just think it's maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. It's like you're blaming Sean Payton for all the years he wasn't there for the receivers not stepping up. He had one year there, but I, I get what he's trying to say, Scott. Yeah, what, um, what he's trying to say is he's going to make a move at wide receiver. But he did already. He traded up in the second round for Marvin Mims. That was his. That was a Sean Payton pick, and that's yeah. why I was harping on Mims so much. Yeah. You moved up and you surrendered. I'm going to use your word, cover your ear, Scott, capital for a receiver when that wasn't a major position of need. Uh, necessarily last year. So he really has to make a big leap from year one to year two. And I think he will with more uh, stability at quarterback. Yeah. You wonder, you know, to, to put a stamp on that room, you know, you don't put your stamp on that room with adding a, a rookie second rounder into a room that has Judy Sutton and Patrick already in there, you know, and then, Oh, here comes Mims. You do it by two of those guys getting out of there. Patrick's gone for sure. And then one, I think, I'd be really surprised if Sutton and Judy were on this team. Um, come November, let me let me let me say it that way, because Jerry Judy could be a trade deadline day candidate. You'd like to move him beforehand just for the salary cap reasons, but one of these guys could be moved before deadline day during the season. So I'll be surprised if both of those guys, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, finish the 2024 season with the Denver Broncos. Zach. I mean, I just don't see the case. It makes too much sense, Scott, to, to trade Jerry Judy, and I think it should happen. I just don't see any case to keep him. I mean, again, a guy, former first-round pick, hasn't produced. You can blame coaching and quarterbacking, but the attitude issue, starting up with uh, NFL legends and Broncos legends and, and always coming up short and small and having this bad attitude, you'd be clearing – is it $13 million or $12 million of his uh, his fifth-year option off the books completely? That's free found money for Jerry Judy and a draft pick. Keep Cortland Sutton. If you want to cut Tim Patrick, re-sign him, go ahead. But, you know, count on a step forward from Marvin Mims. And like Dylan was saying, it's a great uh, draft class, top to bottom with receiver talent. Yeah, and I would prefer, like he's saying there, maybe in the middle to late rounds, double dip and add to that room. Yeah, I I feel like... I feel like the wide receiver position is overrated. I think the the top of it is overvalued. And there's guys that you can get day two that are good, good football players. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, we're just about to get out of here. We're coming up on an hour. Lots of folks in here. It's good to see you. If this is your first time in, uh, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're getting the alerts when we're coming live. Um, you know, we're over, you know, 300 or so right now concurrent. So it's a pretty big night uh, to kind of follow up. If you're just coming in, you're reading the headline. Uh, Russell Wilson was on the I Am Athlete podcast and he was saying, you know, where I feel better than I've ever felt. I um, would like to finish in Denver, but, you know, they you got to be somewhere they want you to. So read into that what you will. I think it's PR on his point. 
as they go as they're going into the combine where it's like listen this divorce is happening the denver broncos have said yeah we've loved to have russ back russell wilson has said yeah i'd love to stay in denver neither wants to come off as the bad guy in the separation and good for them let's just go our separate ways and and not take any shots Zach. that's kind of how i feel about it literally word for word in agreement there's just playing it's a it's a chess game it's it's how the nfl works and both sides know what's coming and this is just a, a fancy way of bracing for impact so on that note i think we're just about to get out of here we've hit on just about everything I, we wanted to talk about i wanted to say a special thanks to sam Bam, who came in early with a super phil mclaughlin over on facebook draft time coming in a couple times uh sam Bam a couple times michael davis and Dave coming in uh, with the super chat. So thank you very much. Appreciate everything that y'all did for us this evening. Thank y'all. I appreciate you uh, waiting on me if you did. And uh, we had another fun show, Scott. I don't know if, is it me and you again tomorrow? Do you know? Yes, we're, I, I think Chad comes back next weekend. So I'm okay. I'm in the seat. I'm in the seat for another week. I'm looking forward to it. Genuinely. It's always a good, uh, always fun and a good opportunity to kick it with you, but that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Another tremendous episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not following us on Twitter, please change that by following us at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account at mile high huddle Scott's at scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Chad at Chad and Jensen. If you guys haven't cop some merch at MHHmerch.com. Drop us a like at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. You can find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott, a five star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all please, please, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans. Just like y'all baby. Yeah, appreciate everybody being in here. A uh, little programming note, we will be back for Broncos for breakfast tomorrow, Nick and I, and then Mile High Huddle tomorrow night podcast, and then leading into building the Broncos on Tuesday night, it is Combine Week. So yes, we sir. have football again. Football's year-round, except for maybe July. That's about it. But it's February football time, Combine Week. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to spending it with you all this week. Yes, sir. We might get some movement on the Russell Wilson front. We're sure to get rumors and speculation and news. Looking forward to it. Media availability from George Payton, Sean Payton on Tuesday. It's going to be a busy week. Can't wait to go over with you tomorrow. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, come on, Scott. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.